It is the 11 Dubcast. I'm Johnny. He's Andy. Let's let's get right into it. Look, I am not surprised by the events of the past few days. I think this was kind of something that um, we all figured had a potentiality of happening at some point uh, in this season and something that, you know, we would have to deal with. I am sad that this is something that happened at this point in time um, because it feels like this is the worst possible time to have COVID cancellations and have to worry about that. We can get into kind of like hindsight when we talk about, okay, maybe the Big Ten should have tried to schedule something a little bit more uh, timely so they could have inserted maybe a bye week and then rescheduled things. Um, We can talk about how they could have handled these things better in August. But the long and short of it is is that Ohio State had to cancel their game against Illinois, um, either because of positive COVID cases or because they were ducking the – Illini and they didn't want to actually play them and, and hurt their overall record that that's also I guess a possibility yeah didn't want but, that Lovey Smith smoke man yeah man I mean it's uh, you got to play the game you got to be smart you got to be smart but if that didn't actually happen Ohio State did in fact cancel number of cases on the team uh Ryan Day also tested positive so you know obviously we wish all the best to everyone who has that and hope everyone recovers quickly but there's a lot to consider here, but I guess I'm going to start off by asking you, Andy, what do you think are the odds right now of the Ohio State Buckeyes getting into the college football playoff? It all depends on how many games they play between now and the time the selection show yeah. airs on the four-letter network. This is, uh, this is just, I think, a function of that, pure and simple. If you had to choose today, I mean, I think there are going to be a lot of people who are sitting there cluck cluck tut tutting because the Buckeyes have played four football games mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't know that you know that especially with the last look being the game where uh, a one-time Heisman contender quarterback Justin Fields threw uh, his only three interceptions of the season in, in a single game <laughs> I mean I think that's part yeah. of the problem too you know if they'd beat the ever look ever loving Dickens out of their most recent opponent before this people would be like oh yeah they're fine uh, and, and still, I think there's an argument. I mean, you look, the Associated Press poll still has them at number three. Coaches poll dropped them to number four. Mm-hmm. So there's still an argument to be made that if, you know, the committee says, well, this is clearly one of the four best teams in the country, uh, and, and astute observers of playoff bracketology will note that the committee basically makes its picks and then rationalizes them later rather right. than following <laughs> rationale and fitting their picks to the rationale. I, I love, the, just to interrupt real quick, I love it when people are like, well, they couldn't possibly do X because of Y. Like, they already have established rules for that. I'm like, what are you talking about? They can yeah. do whatever they want, whenever they want, and they're going to do X post facto. Like, they don't care about what the previous standard was. They're going to do whatever at the time they think is the right thing to do. There's no, I don't know, it, it's, it's just funny to me how insistent people are. It's like, but the rules, I'm like, okay. That's keep thinking that that's good. Yeah. That's, I mean, one of the, even if you don't buy into the really loony tinfoil hat stuff that, you know, ESPN phones, the picks ins to the committee, uh, <laughs> right. you, you know, even if you don't go that far, Oh, they just pick on ratings or whatever it happens to be. Uh, and the reason you know that by the way is false is Ohio state would have been in every single year if it was just on ratings <laughs> uh, instead of missing the years that they've missed you know, the committee, they just will, they will make the picks that they think are right and then justify them later. It has nothing whatsoever to do with the rules. That said, I think it would be a really tough sell if Ohio State's next game is the, 
let's say Ohio State versus Wisconsin second place bowl uh, on December, what are we playing that on the 19th, December 19th, if that's the only other game they play between now and the playoff, I mean, I just, I feel like a playoff contender that's five and oh, let's say that's a, that's a tough sell. You know, it's a, it's a tough sell. If you're, it's a tough sell. When you can say it's the big 10 champion and they've only played seven games, then okay. I don't have a problem with that, but I think there are a lot of people that are, and I don't know, by the way, that Ohio state, I don't know that it's good PR for Ohio state, particularly if they don't go in and win at all to get, you know, invited into the playoff on brand alone. Right. In essence, uh, especially if they would lay another 31 to zero stinker, you know, against Clemson, then, you know, that does to me longer term damage uh, to future playoff seedings than, than, than anything. So I, I don't know, but, but if they come in and for whatever reason, they are able to get into the big 10 championship game and, and win out, then yeah, they're, they're shooing. So I guess, I guess to me, it just all depends on how many more games they play. If they play Michigan and then play Wisconsin, you know, and we're talking that they're six and zero, oh, then, mm-hmm. then, then maybe, maybe it's not as tough a sell. Um, but I just, I just think four and zero oh or five and zero, oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to see that coming across the wire. Well, and I think you kind of hit the you know nail on the head there when you're talking about whether or not um, they're actually playing right like whether or not they're actually playing in uh, a big 10 championship game and, and that's the really fascinating part about all of that because you know the big 10 set a minimum right and, and there was a you know speculation on how that might change and, and gene smith kind of talked about that a little bit and whether or not they're gonna um you know maybe reevaluate that or, or see what they can do but i i think that the big 10 is in a lot of trouble (laughs) frankly like i i really think that it's very difficult for them to decide how this is all going to shake out if you look at the east division right you've got ohio state which you know they beat the team that's sitting there second and then it is a really really imbalanced division this year i mean what maryland right is maryland the team that's that's going to come out michigan state because behind them are the wolverines which we'll get to uh, Rutgers and then Penn State. I, it's wild to me how much the narrative has, has changed in that single division over the course of six weeks. Um, and maybe it changed within the course of like two weeks from the very beginning of them, you know, trying this, this shortened season experiment. But okay, so you don't have Ohio State. If Ohio State doesn't end up playing Michigan State or Michigan, you know, they're, they're way underneath the threshold. And then you've got an Indiana team that's going to be missing their you know, all everything starting quarterback, right? Penix is, is out for the season. So I don't, I mean, I guess, I mean, you can't just say, okay, well, you've got a guy who's injured, right? You know, you can't play. And then possibly you're looking at like Northwestern. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I just think that if you're looking at Big Ten representation in the college football playoff, it's Ohio State or bust. And if they don't, I don't know if the Big Ten is going to look at this situation and say, you know what, screw it. We want to try to be nationally relevant. We're going to get in Ohio State to this thing by hook or by crook. Um, But I just – I don't know, man. I mean, legitimately the teams that you might say are your two best teams because I think Northwestern, a lot of people just don't believe in them still, which is fair, um, are Ohio State and and maybe Wisconsin. But (laughs) combined, they've played seven games. Yeah, so, you know, what do you do about the, here, that? Here's the thing, you know, if Indiana 
with a healthy Penix was the East representative to the Big Ten championship game, and their only loss coming out of championship weekend was to Ohio State in a close game. Yeah. Then it just depends on who's ahead of them. Are you talking uh, about for the college football playoff? Yeah, yeah. I'm going back to the playoff for a minute. I want to go back I, to the playoff I, for a minute because I, I think, you know, if it had been, if, if there's a scenario where it's a one-loss Indiana, uh, let's, let's take Ohio State out of it for a minute. Let's, let's, yeah. let, let, because let, let's be real. We'll come back to this in a minute. You know, there's, there's a chance we don't see Ohio State play again until, uh, until uh, you know, the second, <laughs> second place bowl here, a uh, Big Ten championship. It's, you might weekend. not see him play until 2021, until uh, yes, September of 2021. Sure. One, one thing at a time. I, you're, you're, yes, <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. So, but, but let's pretend for a minute that for some reason, uh, you know, we, see, we see Indiana playing um, Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. I, sure. I think if Penix were healthy – that there's a story to be told there with Clemson having one loss, let's say, you know, Alabama and Notre Dame, that you could see a Big Ten champion with one loss in, uh, mm-hmm. in Indiana. I, I, but with Northwestern losing, you know, I think an undefeated Northwestern as a Big Ten championship would be in. Sure. You know, but, but them with them losing, especially losing to, what, Michigan State? Yeah. Uh, you know, no bueno. So Northwestern's, Northwestern's toast. So now back to what you, you, were, you were talking about here, the Big Ten <laughs> – yeah, they're in they're in bad shape uh, because Ohio State is the only hope um, really of getting into the playoff, and and it's looking less and less like uh, that that's going to happen just by dint of the fact that this playing nine games in nine weeks with zero margin for error plan that Kevin Warren and the powers that be dreamt up to get this season off the ground, I, I think we all should have if some of us did. Uh, should have looked at this six weeks ago and been like, it will be a uh, medium-sized miracle if this thing goes off. Uh, yeah. And and here we are, multiple games canceled. And it's not just the Big Ten that's in that spot. 24% of uh, FBS Division One games that were scheduled last weekend were canceled. 24%. Okay, almost one out of four games scheduled did not happen. Oh, yeah. Due to COVID. So the Big Ten's not unique in that. Where the Big Ten's unique is that they put together this half-ass, ham-fisted idea that we will ram in every schedule with no provision whatsoever for postponement or rescheduling, with no provision whatsoever for what happens if multiple games are canceled and how it affects your championship picture. I get the idea of wanting to have a minimum threshold of games. I, I don't get the wisdom of making it such a, a fixed position like for that for that six game minimum to change 12 of 14 games scheduled for the rest of the season will have to be canceled for that figure to change yeah and that's i still think within the realm of possibility i just the problem is is that a you've got a situation that's kind of your own making right and and you can complain plenty about that but you also might have a situation where you have these teams, right? You're, you're looking, okay, Ohio State's not eligible. Okay, you've got a, a hobbled Indiana, right, playing a Northwestern team that nobody really has. Although, although Ramsey tells me that Jack Tuttle is good. And maybe he is, you know, and, and maybe that's the case. But nationally, I got to be honest, I disagree with you. I don't, I don't think that a, an Indiana team, a one-loss Big Ten championship Indiana team, I don't think they get even a sniff. Um, from the national, like either the national media or the, the playoff. Um, 
because I just I I don't think a lot of it is about branding, but honestly, I don't I don't think people look at that team and go, okay, that's a that's a team that could beat Alabama or Clemson. And they'll look at Florida, right? They'll say, okay, well, maybe Florida can do it. I really think they're going to look at competitiveness because yeah. they want to validate the college football playoff. They, they want to be able to have teams in there that are going to make at least a decent go of it yeah. um, that they can at bare minimum justify. And part of that's going to be, you know, a conference championship or at least an involvement in some kind of conference championship. Or, you know, in the case of a team like Florida, you know, you're going toe-to-toe with the team that's – you know, seem to be the best in the country. I just, obviously it's a mess. There's going to be so many different things that they have to figure out right now, big 10 or Ohio state rather their immediate concern is just playing a damn game. Uh, I know they're doing everything that they can to, you know, make sure that Michigan state happens. And I hope I seriously, I I know they're just testing the hell out of everybody. Hopefully they can get, you know, the, the antigen and the PCR, all that good stuff. and, And it comes back clean people are good to go but what's wild about this is that that's not a guarantee of anything no (laughs) because even if they do that and ohio state's fine michigan state could come out you know on thursday be like sorry guys (laughs) we got you got something bad to tell you um michigan for example michigan you know shut down team activities um and and on that front we got to talk about that because you know there well, were the, there, the there timing, were plenty right? people on the social media world who were quick to jump on that and say you know <laughs> I made the joke on Twitter and I had to take it down because I realized people were taking it too seriously you know <laughs> could this be the modern equivalent of uh, going for 3 you know that that <laughs> that, that in the in the uh, quest for ultimate pettiness uh, with your arch rival, <laughs> you torpedo a game knowing it will keep them out of the Big Ten championship. You know, let's. Uh, <laughs> I was being tongue in cheek, but I think there are more than a few people who, who, who might just believe that one. Yeah, I'm going to say you something. Love, you love conspiracy theories. How do you? I do love yet? conspiracy theories. I also would say Michigan's got bigger problems than losing to Ohio State. <laughs> one, <laughs> more game, to Ohio State. one more game ain't going to make a difference. <laughs> no, and, and losing to Ohio State's not good. Like They don't want to lose to Ohio State. Losing to Ohio State's bad. They, they would rather beat Ohio State. But I got to tell you something. Losing to a winless Penn State team is much worse at this point for Jim Harbaugh and the Wolverines. They can, they can try to get to undefeated Ohio State with good coaching and great players and all that stuff. They can, they can get to that point hopefully later down the line. Uh, getting over the hump against a winless team that's missing like six or seven of their best players is, is their immediate goal. And it's something that they failed at this past weekend. So I, you know, we can talk about them for a little bit. Michigan is just in complete disarray. Cade McNamara, who had replaced Joe Milton at quarterback came in, looked fine, not good, but he could complete a pass, which is, you know, important. And then, uh, he jacked up his shoulder on a running play. Um, had to come out, came back in, couldn't make it work, took himself back out. And some people were like, oh, Cade McNamara doesn't have a heart of a, you know, doesn't have a heart of a warrior. <laughs> and I'm like, I wrote about, I, I wrote this exact same thing in the threat level, but I'm like, look, getting hurt for Michigan right now is like bad and not good, but further injuring yourself to, to further like the fortunes of a Jim Harbaugh team in 2020 is just stupid. That, that would be the yes. dumbest possible thing anybody could do. And if Cade McNamara had been like, no, man, I'm going to tear this sucker because I want to score a touchdown and a three-point loss to 0-5 and five Penn State, like that would be the ultimate dumbest move I've ever seen a college football player make. So I'm glad that he took himself out of the game because that's – 
there's a concept that's, that's that you, you should have done when you're in the hole quit digging right yeah <laughs> when when, when uh, you, you're you already stop. at michigan right during a really stupid period in its existence you you've already screwed up so just don't make it worse and i i completely agree with his his move to not make it worse at least stop throwing good money after bad you know don't right. don't don't play i love the line from the replacements you know right uh what is it uh pain fades uh, oh right yeah. stick scars glory lasts forever something yeah. along those lines in this case none of those things yeah, none of those things apply none of those things apply none of the, you're in a you're in an empty stadium you're losing the game uh chicks don't dig any of what was happening at that point in time um yeah, Michigan just got throttled. Jim Harbaugh should have been fired. Well, I was saying he should have been fired last year. And yeah. people were like, okay, that's a little premature. I'm like, okay, just wait. And then he should have been fired several weeks ago. Um, and he definitely should have been fired after this. And I don't know. I mean, I guess they're just going to let it ride until the end of the season and say, okay, let's – but I don't see the utility in any of that. I know he's got another year left on his contract, but, like – Pay, I mean, you're paying them anyway. Like, I don't understand what the difference would be. Like, I, I seriously don't see the utility in keeping this dude around. Um, recruiting is not going to get any better. You know, he's well, not and I, I wonder out. in this case, you, know, you mentioned the recruiting because that's normally why you would make a you would make a decision sooner rather than later, either right. to get either to get your man, so to speak, in terms of a coaching hire. Uh, and or at or, least say that this toxic dude isn't going to be around yeah. anymore. But and but part of me wonders with the recruiting dead period being what it is, you know, that you're not going to have kids on campus till what next April anyway. Maybe yeah. they don't feel the normal pressure. So I, you know, I, I wonder that the recruiting dead period thing is kind of weird and, and and I think kind of screwy in a lot of ways anyway. But now back to back to this the, this thing about Michigan. This is how bad this season has been for Michigan. I was sitting here in my head thinking that you now had Michigan and Penn State, two two traditional powers in the Big Ten East, uh, sitting at one and five. And I looked at the record and to see Michigan's actually two and four. <laughs> I was really struggling to think who the second win was. Like I was really, right, and 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 I had apparently repressed that Rutgers game because yes. they, Which Rutgers they very nearly should lost. have won that game. Yes. Rutgers should have won that game. And I was so mad about it. Apparently, it just had blocked it out of my memories. And yeah, uh, giving them the uh, row the boat game as as their only win. Whoops. Yeah, which is also ridiculous because Minnesota was similarly. Uh, yeah, what did they have? Like twelve people playing that game total. I yeah, think. it was ridiculous. Right. They pretty much their entire offensive line out. No kicking game. Michigan won that handily. But the thing is, here's what I would say about getting rid of Harbaugh now. Um, a lot of the you know, Twitter intelligentsia, I guess, for Michigan is all about Matt Campbell. And that's fine. I mean, Matt Campbell's been a hot commodity for a while now. You know, a lot of major programs have said that's the guy that we want. Um, I feel like he especially, but other, you know, big-name coaches as well, are going to be looked at here sooner rather than later, right? Because if this season ends up just blowing up in everybody's faces, which could happen, um, you're going to want to try to make some coaching moves quick. And I, if I'm Michigan, I start courting these guys now. Like I'm going, okay, it's almost December. Nobody's looking for a Harbaugh resurgence here, revival. And if there's a guy that we really like, we got to start making overtures as soon as we possibly can. And look, 
I think this is dumb as hell, but you see Texas doing that, right? With yeah. Har with uh, not Harbaugh, with Urban Meyer, you know, like that that isn't just coming out of thin air. People are talking about that because that's something that I'm sure Texas wouldn't mind happening. I don't think it will happen. But yeah, I mean, sure Ur Urban Meyer's the new Gruden, right? Like that's yeah, yeah, that's, and that's, that's going to happen. Every he will year. be mentioned at every single high profile Power Five job yes. opening. Yeah, and that's going to happen forever, and, and people are like, okay, well, we like Meyer now because he might help our team. But um, I guess what I'm saying, though, is that if, if you're Michigan and you got a guy that you like, you better go after him because this is not a situation anymore where you're so good as a program that people are like, oh, man, it's just – it's Michigan. I got to go to Michigan. I don't know that that exists anymore, frankly. I, it, it, it's not – so alluring that you can just pull guys out and say, Hey, you're going to be the next coach of Michigan. How about that? And they're going, Oh my God, I don't, I don't see that as a draw anymore. Uh, Matt Campbell might be, well, I've got an offer from Michigan and I've got an offer from South Carolina. Uh, I don't know. I don't know that they're that different, you know? And, and yes, Michigan's got great facility. get the big 10 cash and all that good stuff. But um I just – I don't know, man. I, I think Michigan's got to put in more work than maybe they're willing to do, and that's kind of been a theme for that program for nigh on a decade at this point. So, now, yeah, man. I, here's here's bad. the deal, though. You know, local local team, uh, the Detroit Lions, trying to help uh, <laughs> Michigan out. You know, yeah. they, they've, they've opened the door here. You know, could we see gentleman Jim Harbaugh coaching in the National Football League <laughs> Uh, next season, you know, they, they, they fire, they fire Matt Patricia. The timing of the firing was, was interesting to say the yeah. least. Yeah. I mean, Matt Patricia, I've got a whole rant about Matt Patricia being like a dumb football guys, like impression of what a football coach should look like. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've watched three, I've watched some football. I know what football is about. Matt Patricia's a straight shooter. That guy is going to be the next Belichick. Um, and then it turns out he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. But uh, I don't know. I don't. I think Harbaugh. He, I don't know. The guy is a huge weirdo. But this is another thing that I mentioned in threat level. If you just look at his demeanor, I mean, he'll come out, you know, spitting hot fire in the first quarter, and then after that, he just completely loses all interest in the game. Like he doesn't. He he. And, and it's not just his demeanor. It's the the way the team plays. Like they're not yeah. getting creative. They're not doing interesting things on offense defense is just kind of like throwing whatever and just at the you know at the uh refrigerator and seeing what sticks they're just they're a really unmotivated team right now that is not playing hard and that starts with the head coach so i just think he's checked out and i don't think that's gonna change so mm -hmm. if you're jim harbaugh i don't know that detroit lions are looking at this guy going like yes this is the master motivator who will <laughs> a master motivator and quarterback whisperer who will surely change our fortunes. I don't, you would have to be really damn stupid to believe that at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Jim Harbaugh experience. So they're bad. Um, if they get Matt Campbell, I think that would help them out a little bit. I think he's a decent coach. I don't think he's a great coach, but he's better than what they have. Um, but I also think Michigan's going to have to start learning how to play modern college football. And by that, I mean, be smarter with your offense start recruiting in a way that actually will get you recruits. Um, and I don't know, maybe emulate Ohio state a little bit, you know, horror of horrors. They, they might actually have to do that. Now, but, speaking of Ohio state, the good news that we got on Monday 
such as it is, because I feel like we need some good news sure. after, after all this doom and gloom and uh, chuckling, at least, over our neighbors to the north and their schadenfreude, is what, uh, what we heard on Monday afternoon is that Ohio State has at least resumed football activities to some yes. extent. Players who were not quarantined or in isolation were able to return to the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for small group workouts Monday, still conducting team meetings virtually. Did this give you, Johnny Ginder, any, any encouragement, any hope that perhaps we will see the Buckeyes play football on Saturday? Um, a little bit. I, I will say, I mean, it's always good. The answer is yes. It's always good when you have a team back and doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and everybody's, you know, looking for the next thing and it looks like they're taking steps to get a little bit back to normalcy. My larger concern is that I don't know that's indicative of what you're going to see towards the end of the week. Cause they're going to retest these guys and they're going to test people in Michigan state and Thanksgiving, right? Just happened. Um, so I, I want to believe that this is like a one and done thing. Okay. We got through our COVID stuff and now we're not worrying about it anymore. I just don't know if I believe that. So I would love for them to be done, but I'm going to be the pessimist here and say it's it's entirely possible we get bit in the ass, you know, sometime on Thursday or Friday again, because uh, that's that's the way this stuff works and it sucks. But um, I hope I'm wrong. I really do because I want Ohio State just for the sake of the college football season in general. I think it, it's not just better for the Big Ten if Ohio State's playing in the Big Ten championship. I think it's just better overall for college football right now because that's that's something in my opinion that. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just legitimizes this whole endeavor in general. And I think Ohio State's maybe one of the top five teams that could actually make an impact in the college football. Life. Like, what are you going to do? You insert BYU or Cincinnati? Like, it's not, you know, you're going to have basically a two team playoff. Everybody knows that. And I don't want that to be the case. So, yeah, I mean, that's the interesting question I keep coming back to. And I said earlier, I think if Ohio State only plays four or five games, it's, it's a challenge to see them in. But when yeah. you look at the rankings currently, the, the, the CFP rankings, not uh, AP, and you start going down through the list, and you say, okay, uh, Texas A&M, Florida. So you could easily see uh, a two SEC team uh, playoff. We've seen that sure. before, certainly. Do they leave out an undefeated Cincinnati Bearcat team? Is that a, is that a possibility, or is this the year that a, a Cinderella Cincinnati can get into the playoff? Is this the year that it takes to get it? Right. Cinderella Cincinnati into the playoffs I don't know we you know you've got there are certainly enough SEC options because you've got Florida A&M and Georgia all still in the top 10 uh, as of <laughs> yeah. the last playoff ranking I, I question whether or not they would put in a, a, a two loss big 12 champion uh, you know Iowa State's a good story now this is the we, we talked about Matt Campbell but the only mm-hmm. year they've the only year they've ever beaten Oklahoma and Texas in the same season or something crazy like that it's uh you know, it, it's been a pretty insane year for the Cyclones. BYU, you mentioned an undefeated. I don't know. You just start to see some really interesting storylines there of who who is the fourth team because Alabama, Notre Dame, and Clemson are going to walk into this thing, I think, regardless. Well, and then maybe, maybe like I said, if they're looking for competitive balance, they're like, all right, well, screw it. We got two SEC teams. We know they're going to at least give a game. And then we've got Clemson and then Notre Dame, and then we're done. And that's – and they'll give Clemson a pass over – you know, an undefeated Cincinnati or BYU because Trevor Lawrence was out for that game. And again, even though that's not why they lost. I mean, I mean, if Notre Dame wins the ACC yeah, and Clemson's 
two loss, then then that that becomes a tougher thing. I mean, I sort of, I guess, I'm sort of assuming they split that series. Yeah, I would. I mean, that's what I would assume as well. I don't think. I mean, maybe I'm dumb, <laughs> but I just don't have faith in Notre Dame. Um, it's it's just they're not. Uh, they've. I mean, I mean they're, I they are undefeated. You know, they, they are, are undefeated. undefeated. They are undefeated, and they look good. Uh, but there's also a reason why. Alabama's got all of the first place votes in the AP top 25. Sure. Uh, and Notre Dame's only got two in the coaches poll. Um, by the way, mad respect to the one coach still hanging on to giving Ohio state uh, a first place vote in the coaches poll. Stand by your convictions, um, brother. Stand by. Your hey, I love it. Um, I don't know. It's just going to be goofy. I, I do think they'll, they'll favor competitive balance over anything else, but Ohio state's got to get those games in because if you're looking at the end of the season and other teams have, you know, 10, 11 games under their belt and Ohio state's got five, um, that's going to be hard to justify. Yeah. Um, you're looking at, I mean, Alabama and Notre Dame, both uh, with, with, with nine, eight or nine currently to Ohio state's four. So it's, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about twice as many games. So, so maybe we play Michigan state, maybe we don't. Uh, and then you have Michigan already pausing its, practices pausing its team activities as we alluded to earlier so even mm-hmm. if we get through this michigan state game then there's still no guarantees that the game gets played on schedule yeah you know you saw the pac-12 making some changes they moved one of their games back a couple days to give teams more time uh but i i don't know maybe i'm wrong i don't see the big 10 being flexible when it comes to moving the date of a Big Ten championship game, you know, as a possibility, or or changing the threshold for it would be hard letting an Ohio State team in without six games. I mean, I just don't see the Big Ten being adaptable or flexible. They seem very rigid and kind of stuck in their ways. Uh, I think it's. Am I wrong about that? No, I think it's much less likely. I think it's more likely that they would adjust the Big Ten championship game than they would. Um, let Ohio state in without meeting the threshold, because once they've established that, I think it's very difficult for them to go, okay, well you're Ohio state. Cause that they want to, f- I mean, I think already people are pretty pissed uh, in general, like the, the various coaches and, and schools and athletic directors they are pretty angry at the way things kind of unfolded, but that would, if you really want to destroy whatever goodwill you might've built up in the last couple months, I think that would do it um that that would make people really really upset so yeah i don't see them changing that they might push it back a little bit um but a lot of that's also contingent on whether or not the college football playoff might get pushed back which it might honestly i i I don't think you know people are looking at the decision in terms of like finances and ratings and all that but i don't know everything's up in the air right now and i think the next couple weeks are going to be really telling about how this is all going to progress but as you said, the key thing here is really making sure that Ohio State plays Michigan State and Michigan, both teams that they should just absolutely like shit house. So, because <laughs> you know, but I the mean, thing that we haven't talked about is we don't know who may or may not be available on the roster either. Yeah, that's because the they're thing. legitimately sick with COVID or because they tested positive and then are stuck in this 21 day purgatory. Right. So who knows? Yeah. And that, that also I think could change. There was some uh, guidance from the CDC that came out that, you know, said maybe the quarantine period could be lessened a little bit. Um, Maybe the big 10 takes that hard. I don't know. But there again, I don't know if I see the big 10 being flexible or adaptable, you know, they they marry, you know, married to their rules. Right. So that, yeah, that's like I said, that's all kind of up in the air. Uh, one 
team for Ohio State that is still kind of doing things as expected and on schedule is the Ohio State men's basketball team. And we've got two games under our belts. We didn't talk about uh, the basketball team kind of to start off with. And I, I felt a little bad because I'm like, well, maybe like, maybe this is just me. Um, I don't know, being a little gun shy on Ohio State basketball. And I don't know why really, because last season, obviously like just it didn't end. It just kind of stopped. Right. It's a good and, way to put that. Yeah. And so it was hard to tell what the team was because all of our discussions leading up to that in late February, early March were, okay, well, they had a horrible January. They come out, they look decent. Uh, they're not even a bubble team. Like they were a pretty solid NCAA tournament team. Yeah. And you know, the expectation was like, okay, we're going to actually see what this, this Holtman team looks like. We don't know if they're good or not, but we're going to find out. And then, of course, nothing happens. And so now we're getting into this point where, you know, Ohio State, they're, they're doing their early season stuff. They're playing, you know, games against teams that are sensibly overmatched and not any good. And you're just kind of back at square one. Like, I don't really know what this team is. The first game, you know, against Illinois State, they, they completely annihilate them. Justice Suing looks amazing in that game, has a great game. Uh, they struggle a little bit with UMass Lowell. So, I – that happens like that's not a, that's not unheard of even for good teams they're they're in the fringe of the top 25 how are you feeling about this team going forward Andy because I'm I'm still in wait and see mode I like some of the player I like some of what I'm seeing I'm still a little bit nervous about um, the roster especially in terms of depth yeah I don't think any of our concerns about the roster depth you know having a having a solid uh, point guard you know, you know I don't I don't think any of those concerns have changed yeah. i would say i was really um i was really impressed with them at the illinois state game uh you know i thought mm -hmm. I, I thought everybody looked you, you were right suing that was a nice because it was our first real taste of of seeing him um playing a lot of minutes and what's he going to look like I, I was really pleased with him you know Dwayne washington he's the man this is clearly um you know so much rises and falls on on him yeah uh so you know i i enjoyed the illinois state game that was a lot of fun to watch I mean, the big challenge, obviously, with the UMass Lowell game was there was a there was a stretch there where it just looked like they couldn't hit the ocean, and, and particularly from <laughs> distance, you know, particularly from distance, like Ohio State, yeah, had there's one three maybe three pointer in the first half, yeah, uh, you know. So then, I mean, there was a there was a point there where I thought they were seriously going to end the half without making a single three point shot, and at that point, like I think up through the first half. Uh, UMass Lowell was shooting the lights out from behind behind mm -hmm. dark. I, I want to say at one point they were like sixty percent from the field uh, overall, and like forty some percent from behind the arc, and and it was just like wow, they're making everything, and Ohio State can't hit anything. Yeah, and then things kind of reverted to mean in the second half, and certainly you know late Dwayne Washington made some killer three point shots and really put the game away, and and you know they walked away with with a, a decent margin. I think it was a ten point win. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, but it was closer than maybe that score indicates it was, you know, it was probably up to the last, what, two minutes before you felt like, okay, Ohio States can control this game. That mm. said, I, I didn't feel like they looked like hot garbage. It was just like, you know, basketball is a streaky game. Uh, what concerned me most was the shots they missed in the paint. There right. were, there were way too many shots, you know, within three feet of the rim that they didn't finish. And it's like, okay, that's, that's problematic to me. You, you, you got to make those shots. Uh, but I, but I think they'll, I think they'll do that. I like certainly um, seeing Zed keys early minutes, you know, mm -hmm. I, that there were some good things there. 
played some important <laughs> minutes. Uh, I think he's he, got a he lot. He came of- off the bench and did a like he, the dude did a lot. He was yeah. really involved, especially some defensive plays. He looks good on the defensive end. Um, it's a, interesting. He's going to have a really interesting role this season, um, in part because of where he's going to be expected to play and yep. how he's expected to play. But I thought the first couple games he quitted himself fairly well. I mean, so. the best things like after that first shot he makes, he comes out and he's doing like the the the, the finger pistols. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I'm like, yeah, you're feeling your oats. I love that. So, yeah. so I love that. And like I said, I think Dwayne Washington. The thing you liked about Dwayne, you know, he was he was missing a truckload of shots, mm-hmm. but he didn't stop shooting. You know, so you could tell it. He wasn't like suffering a lack of confidence. Sometimes, if you're missing that many buckets, maybe you just stop taking the shots, and he didn't. So. That was a good thing. I, I felt pretty good uh, about him. But but some of those other guys are going to have to step up too because there was a point where it you know my comment on Twitter was something like you know Dwayne was the only one taking a shot in the second quarter <laughs> the second half and like that's probably not ideal. Yeah, <laughs> to have just yeah. one guy taking shots. And you know, it, I mean, you really think I think you got it exactly right when you said that the team. Um, definitely kind of rises and falls on how he plays which you don't necessarily want to lean on Dwayne Washington to be that dude for you you know what I mean like if it's you know Soldier or Evan Turner you're like okay I get that that's that's fine but uh, I don't know that Dwayne Washington's quite there I the team overall is going to be I think solid they have a solid core I don't think they're going to be spectacular they'll be fine um I just, I don't know. I, Holtman, the thing is, is that when we first saw Chris Holtman, we're looking at him as a guy who can really develop players into superstars. You know, when you look at Keita Bates-Diop, you're like, oh, who the hell's Keita Bates-Diop? You know, and he comes out, mm-hmm. has an incredible, fantastic season, ends up in the NBA. Like, that's, that's something that I think a lot of Ohio State fans looked at and said, okay, that's going to happen on a relatively regular basis. He's going to take these guys and develop them to the point where they'll be consistent contributors, if not stars. And that's what was lacking under uh, Thad Mata. You would bring in these guys who were McDonald's All-Americans, five stars, whatever, and then they just absolutely would fall flat on their face, not produce at all. And that for Ohio State fans who are watching basketball, right, it's different if it's football. Football, okay, you got to come in, you contribute immediately. Ohio State's going to be in the mix for the national championship every year. I think if you're watching basketball, you just want a team that gets better and better every, like, game. Right. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you have some seasons where you have a national player of the year type candidate, and then you can make some noise in the tournament. I think those are the expectations. I, this is an opportunity for um, Chris Holtman to live up to those expectations because you have a talented core. You have some guys that are are good. You will eventually get back some more guys, you know, who are good (laughs) and can contribute, but you got to develop them. And hopefully we see the same kind of evolution that we saw with, you know, Akeda Bates Diop, because that's that's what's going to be required if this is a team that's going to challenge, like, for the Big Ten Championship or to make a run in the NCAA tournament, I think. Yeah. And, I, and I've been a big Holtman fan almost from the get-go. I just I, I feel like he, he he's doing all the right things, saying all the right things. He, he kind of ingratiated himself with the community early on by playing some games in St. John Arena, you know, the throwback jerseys. He just seemed to, like, get it. Uh, yep. but, but the question was, yeah, a would, what kind of production would show up on the floor and then, and then recruiting, you know, that's the other thing. Some of those early questions were what kind of guys is he going to bring in? And, and I hope people are feeling a lot better about that part of the puzzle because as 21 and 22 classes 
uh, are looking pretty good. Uh, as I was mm-hmm. looking through our recruiting coverage, you know, you signed a trio of top 100 prospects for the class of 21, including the number four shooting guard, number 23 overall player in Branham. Uh, and then you look at this 2022 class, you've now sh- signed, got commitments, I shouldn't say signed, commitments from three uh, top 150 players. And yep. as the top recruit, top ranked recruiting class of 2022, now that, you know, probably isn't going to hold at the top ranked class uh, necessarily, but when you're looking at having a top 30 point guard in Thornton, uh, that's pretty great. You've got um, Roddy Gale Jr., number seven shooting guard, number 76 overall player. So you're, you're looking at some big time recruits coming in. So that, you know, to me feels like this is one of those seasons where uh, I think we're just going to see what happens. It is mm-hmm. what it is because how many games are going to get played in college <laughs> basketball this season? You know, you have maybe questions or doubts about that because there have been games canceled and postponed already. Yeah. But but I, I, I'm okay with what I've seen so far. Uh, you know, is it a Final Four team? I don't know. Is yeah, I don't, it, I don't is see it, that. Is it, is it a, a, play, a, a March Madness team? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, like you say, last season they started out and they beat everybody. I mean, they lost one game in the non-conference schedule. Last season. Well, and that, but that goes to your point about basketball being a streaky game because they were just shooting the lights out for yep. the first like, month and a half. And I, then I mean, if you took the, the, the first month and the last month, you'd say, my gosh, yeah. that was one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just it was, the middle month was whew, a little not so great. Um, so, you know, Seth Towns, I think I was reading that he might be back on track for like January. Hopefully that holds true. Um, as of now, he still hasn't gotten a lot of time on the court. He's still recovering. Yep. So, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces. I just, I want to see improvement. That's, that's yes. always been my thing, especially with basketball, but you want to see continuous improvement. You want to see players get better. And, you know, when you look at a guy like Justice Suing, I go, okay, all right, that's, that's pretty damn good. I enjoy that. Dwayne Washington, if he can shoot himself out of slumps and be consistent and score, you know, 15, 17 points a night, that's pretty damn good. That's, that's a core that you can build around. Um, and if nothing else, you've got uh, TikTok superstar and uh, Zed Key to keep things interesting. So <laughs> I'm excited for this season. I, I, you know, I, Jimmy Sotos may not contribute a ton on the court, but maybe off the court, it'll be fun to watch. So I just, I'm excited to see, um, how this all develops and and if Chris Holtman can kind of live up to the hype that maybe he's been afforded because it is probably time to take a pretty honest appraisal of what he's been able to accomplish at Ohio state. And again, I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's a very good coach, but he proves going to be in the pudding. You got to win some games. And uh, this is a team that's capable of doing that provided they make the kind of, you know, advancements and leaps that we all hope that they will. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I want to see how it all works out um in the next couple months with them and also you know how many games they actually get to play so (laughs) um so just as a reminder the dubcast is sponsored by the dry goods store at 11warriors.com drygoods.11warriors.com let's do let's do a quick ask us anything here i'm i got this question actually I'm, i'm very excited when i get questions on uh on twitter um, and by the way, you can send us questions to ask us anything to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast on Twitter, or as in the case of this question, uh, at Johnny11w or Andy, what is, I, let me, what is your handle? Because I know I, your handle, but I feel like I'm going to get it wrong. I, I am at Andy Vance. Easy, so no easy underscore. Nope. Okay. All right. I couldn't, 
I wasn't sure if that was the case or not. I, All right, I so, was an early adopter of very good the Twitter. When did you, when did you get on Twitter? I want to say like oh six, maybe. Oh it damn, pretty, it was pretty early. That's I was early enough on Facebook, uh, and it was so funny. So at the time I joined Facebook, you still had to have a .edu email address, uh, and and I didn't. I was you know out of school at that point. Uh, but one of the ag communications professors at Ohio State uh, texted me or talked to me at a conference and said, you need to get on this Facebook. I think it's going to be really important in our industry, meaning, meaning communications, journalism, and so on. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I joined that earlier, and I remember um, at the time my broadcast partner said, why are you, like, stalking these college kids? This is super weird. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. This professor told me I need to do it. And, and you know, it's so funny. Now I think about Facebook, it's like, people my dad's age and, right. and a bunch of people from my my uh hometown i mostly uh prowl twitter as my preferred social outlet so i, I did look this up while i was chattering here i joined july of 2008 wow that's well, that is well, pretty well, damn early that's a long time i joined i think i joined in 2010 and the reason why i did is literally because of 11 warriors like i had no intention of getting on twitter i was like that's stupid i'm not doing this but then they're like well we want all of our writers to be on twitter to you know communicate with fans and stuff i was like fine and so i you know i refused to do all the things like hashtags and and at people like i would just tweet random garbage um and uh that's that's continued to this day so <laughs> you have been, uh, um, but if you want to send us questions please continue to do so and uh, i'll i'll uh answer this question here from uh, brian and this is a so this is a sentiment that i've seen expressed a lot probably in the past several years and, and maybe just in general with uh, michigan you know being bad overall you know the past 15 years really um but the question is it says michigan ends up canceling their game with ohio state thereby keeping ohio state out of the big 10 championship which gives michigan that feel good uh extra feel good enough to extend harbaugh another five years would you take that deal as an ohio state fan? now that that is oh. tongue-in-cheek he's not completely serious about that but yeah, the sentiment right, is right yeah but the sentiment is uh are you cool with like jim harbaugh being around longer you know as as Michigan's head coach, and I know a lot of people are like, "Yes, I'll take that instantly." Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, you, I'm happy. About I'm happy to see Jim Harbaugh stay as long as they want to keep paying him seven million dollars a year to win God, somewhere so between two and nine games a season. I like, guess you know, with extras, it's like north of eight. Like he makes so damn much money, it is mind boggling to me. Ryan I, Day makes half of what this guy makes, and he's three thousand times more successful. It is unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, the, the question I, I keep coming back to is, you know, and, and this is true, not just in Michigan, but anytime you're, you're dealing with some of these coaching things is if, if not, you know, who, who, you know, if not him, who, like, who's the next right. person? Of course, we talked about Matt Campbell earlier, and certainly there's some, there's some options out there, I, you know, and I don't know the right answer for Michigan. Like who, who is their savior? Who, who gets them back from, the brink and and the thing that you know they're going to be realistic about is it's a long-term rebuild at this point i feel like because yes. talent wise you know, you know i mean they've been recruiting at a, at a middling level for mm-hmm. several years now like we've talked about that a couple times like they're you know they're not even going after the same kids ohio state's going after anymore no and that you know that's really got to be where where they get back to basics uh you, you've got to be competing with Ohio State and Alabama, and you know maybe that's part of the reason Ohio State's done so well is because Ohio State, uh, and and I give you know Urban Meyer credit for this. 
Ohio State set its benchmark, its peers as Alabama. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you look at how Ohio State oriented itself in the Urban Meyer era, uh, you know, Jim Tressel, who I have pledged eternal fealty to uh, <laughs> and, and, and will probably forever be my favorite Ohio State coach. Um, you know, but Jim Tressel, if you asked him what was his goal, it was win the Big Ten, win the Big Ten. Everything yeah. else came after that, right? Like it was like and, – and that wasn't a thing that he didn't think they were national championship teams. That was a, you know, don't put the cart ahead of the horse. That's his, you know, kind of humble Midwestern – personality there right like you you should set your goal to win the big 10 and if you do the right things then the rest of it will come where you know you looked at urban meyer and urban meyer didn't clearly did not respect the rest of the teams in the big 10 because (laughs) jim tressel had been beating the holy living shit out of him for 10 years Uh so you know you set the benchmark as alabama and and look at where ohio state is now ohio state is consistently in the conversation with alabama and clemson and and we're having these talks not just about how does missing the Illinois game affect its big 10 title hopes, but Oh, does this keep Ohio state out of the playoff? Cause the assumption was Ohio state would be in the playoff. Michigan right. is not anywhere near that conversation. So you know, that's, <laughs> that, I mean, that's gotta be. They're the on the first, same planet as that conversation. Right. Right. So that's going to be the first thing for whoever comes in next is how do you get back to that being the conversation? So you, you alluded to it earlier in terms of how you design your, your offense and in some of those kind of things is looking at, Hey, maybe we need to emulate Ohio state here a little bit. Yeah. But, but the number one place thing you do is emulate it is, is in recruiting uh-huh. uh, that I mean, with, without question, everything kind of starts and stops with the Jimmy's and Joe's even more so than the, than the old X's and O's. So yeah. would I, would I take Harbaugh at, at Michigan for a long time? Yeah, for sure. As long as they want to keep lighting their money on fire, that, that's fine. Uh, you know, there's, there is a part of me that says, man, you want your rival you know, to, to not, because I really have believed that for many years, that it is mm-hmm. the greatest rivalry in all of sport. Uh, and now it's kind of like, you know, you can't really say that with a great straight face anymore. Because Well, at one point, Ohio State's most consistent, you know, back and forth rivalry, you could say, okay, Ohio State's got to, this is the team that we always have a good shot at beating. Like Michigan, okay, always kicks our ass, but we've got, this is the team where we have this back and forth was Illinois right? Mm, Nobody yeah. feels that way about Illinois anymore. Right. And Illinois, Ohio State has played Illinois almost as much as they've played Michigan. Like, it's literally like a two or three game difference. Nobody has those kind of feelings about Illibuck, besides me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> the reason for that is because you've got one team that has just sat on the head of the other team and destroyed them for decades on end. Mm-hmm. That's eventually going to happen to Ohio State, Michigan. I do not want that to happen. I really don't because I agree with you. It is the greatest rivalry in all of sports. Historically, it's amazing. Um, in terms of like what it means for the game, it's amazing. The venues are incredible. Everything about this rivalry by rights should be fantastic. It just requires both teams to be at least good, right? Mm-hmm. Or even not even good, but um, like average. And Michigan can't even summon that right now. Yeah, I mean, like, good good is a good way to put it because it's one of those games that, you know, every year they always say throw out the record book, you know. Throw, right. Well, throw you, don't have, you can't now. <laughs> like, right, right. Like, but, but I mean, but that's what we see, even during the Cooper era, right? Like, yeah. it wasn't just because Ohio State's teams were so good right. during the Cooper era, even though they weren't winning that game. Like, it was, you still said throw out the record book because yeah. anything can happen in the game. And now there's nobody, nobody's walking into this game thing. Well, Michigan can pull this one off. Right. Well, there is no reason to throw out the record book in the past several seasons. You look exactly at, you look at the record book to determine by how many points Ohio state's going to win by. Yeah. And I just, that depresses me as someone who really does believe that the, the game 
right? Capital T, capital G, the game yes. means something. And keeping Harbaugh there is going to lessen that. Um, it is funny to watch Michigan just literally burn cash like the Joker in the Dark Knight, right? Like they're sitting on this giant mountain of cash and they're literally <laughs> setting it on fire. I, that's funny. I'm not going to pretend like that's not funny. Uh, Jim Harbaugh being terrible at his job is also funny. But long-term, it's not sustainable if you give a crap about the game. And I know some people are like, well, I'll always hate Michigan. Well, that's great. But <laughs> your kid who's in college has only one memory of Michigan ever beating Ohio State, okay? If that's the case, they're not going to care about Michigan and Ohio State. Just like I don't care in terms of like a threat of Illinois and Ohio State, right? Like Illibuck belongs to Ohio State, and I believe that because – Ohio State beats Illinois. That's just what happens. And yeah. that's not something that holds any kind of inertia or, um, you know, anticipation for me because that's just the way it is. And that's the way it is, I think, for a lot of people who are young right now, not even that young uh, with Michigan, Ohio State. So I, I do want to see a Michigan team that's a threat. I don't want to see Ohio State ever lose to Michigan, but I understand that's part and parcel of, of what I'm suggesting. I'm just saying they need to find somebody good. Um, I would not take, I mean, I've had enough of the Jim Harbaugh experience. It's pretty much, but here's the other thing. It's not going to change, right? Like I've, I've seen it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, nothing is going I, to change. They're on reruns at this point. I, I know what it's going to look like. There's no surprises left uh, in the Jim Harbaugh era. So I'm fine with moving on to some. Well, other and, and frankly, that's the number one case for, you know, if you were advising the Michigan athletic department, that's the number one case for blowing it up. Uh, yeah. As, as urban Meyer put it on the big, big noon Saturday the other week the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Well, right. Hey gang, that's, that's what you're doing at this point is the same thing over and over again and expecting for something else. to yeah. happen. Yeah. It's, it's you know who Jim Harbaugh happen. is at this point. Yep. It's, he's not going to change. Um, and that's, that's the end of it. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how everything shakes out. Hopefully everybody tests cool and, and we get a Michigan state game this weekend. I think that would be honestly a lot of fun because Ohio state definitely wants to prove something right. That they, they have a better pass defense than what you saw against Indiana that, uh, Justin Fields can come out and, and be, the player that we know he is, um, you know, who doesn't make those kind of mistakes that we saw. They've got a lot to prove, and I know that they want to do that. So um, I, I hope they get that opportunity, and if they do, we'll be super pumped about it, and we'll be back next week to talk all about it. Uh, but until then, keep sending in those questions, keep listening, and uh, until then, I'm Johnny. And I'm Andy. And we'll see you next time.